welcome to the Soto Mojo podcast. This time we're on number 13. Tonight it is Colby Patnode and Will Stone. Uh, Colby, say hello. Hey, guys. So tonight we'll be talking about the trade activity from this you know, last couple of weeks plus the quiet deadline from Jerry DePoto. Um, and we'll just kind of give our brief analysis on it, um, on each of the deals and what we saw um, what we saw from the nothing we saw today uh, at the deadline. Uh, so first, we'll look at you know, just the trade day Phelps. Uh, Colby, you want to give your piece on that? What do you think it, kind of stuff? Yeah, this was the uh, the trade I liked the most. It was, uh, you know, it's a pretty straightforward deal. They get, uh, you know, David Phelps, who has the rest of this year and next year under control. Um, there's some talk that Phelps might move to the rotation next week or next year, uh, which he did in New York. But for now, he's a nice righty to have that can pitch in the seventh, eighth, or ninth inning. Um, they gave up, you know, I think it's pronounced Brian Hernandez. It could be Brian. Uh, yeah. It's, but uh, you know, and he he's a nice prospect, but he is at least two or three years away at minimum. He's only an A ball. He's kind of struggling there. So it's not like this guy is. You know, they didn't give up a sure thing. They gave up a prospect who's nice for a relief pitcher who has two years of control. The The deal was fair. Uh, you know, he gave up three other prospects that aren't really going to amount to anything. Um, I like Pablo Lopez. I like Miller, the guy that they – I like both of those pitchers. But at best, those are number five, number six type of starters. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe a long reliever, maybe. But uh, the deal, I like it. It, it made the bullpen better. Um, and it is a potential arm to add to the rotation next year because if Phelps can throw 95 in the rotation um, instead of 90, which he was throwing with New York, that could be a huge upgrade. He's got a really good curveball and a really good uh, cutter. He's got the three pitches you need to be a big league starter. Uh, can he sustain it over six or seven innings? I don't know. But but uh, even if he can't, what you have for the rest of this year and next year is a solid late inning bullpen arm, so I like that one. Yeah, I think I totally agree with that. Um, I, I felt like the Mariners, two areas they really needed to address were bullpen strength, bull, bullpen depth, and starting pitching. I would say depth, but we don't have a whole lot of starting pitching, so just starting pitching. Um, but uh, I think they really did knock out that bullpen depth by adding a Phelps kind of thing. I would have liked to see them add, you know, another arm or so, but we can get talked to that later. But to get Phelps, to get a guy who's been pretty consistent, has had a really solid um, second half of the season, like, well, even since, like, April, he's had a really solid, you know, chunk of numbers. Um, it was just, it was good. And, yeah, I think that our, what we parted with um, was, I mean, it was definitely fair, and it definitely, it, it seems like, a good buy move, and that was the way the Mariners were trending. Um, and so I think, you know, DePoto really, he, he pulled his stuff right there. Um, so then moving on to deal number two would be Marco Gonzalez from St. Louis to Seattle for Tyler O'Neill And Colby, just what do you think? Uh, I, I, I'm probably one of the more optimistic people on Marco Gonzalez. Mm, I didn't really love it at first, but... Uh, you know, as you learn more about Marco Gonzalez, you see that there's definitely something to like. Uh, that being said, despite my optimism on Marco Gonzalez, <laughs> it it still feels kind of like you traded a one dollar bill 
for three quarters. You know, yeah. it just it it se- it seems like honestly, if they had gotten another prospect in the deal, like just some kind of uh, you know uh, somebody in the late twenties of their prospect rankings. There's yeah. a few pitchers in there that I like. If they had gotten one of those guys along with uh, Gonzalez, it it still would have been you know it still would have been a bummer, but it sure, certainly wouldn't have been as questionable as it is. Um, mm-hmm. As it is, you know they get Marco Gonzalez, who's a guy coming off of Tommy John surgery. Um, they the Cardinals rushed him to the big leagues. I I have a uh, I have a uh, acquaintance friend, whatever you want to call him, who who uh, writes over at Redbird Rants. And he was filling me in on Gonzalez. He really likes the guy. He's a fastball changeup type of guy. Uh, the curveball is kind of coming and going. It's yeah. not quite. Uh, it's not quite 100 percent there yet. But they like the projectability of it. Um, you know, he's a guy who most people say he's a number five. I think he could be, you know, a number four, maybe even a number three if yeah. he can get the curveball working. Uh, he certainly likes him. He felt like the Cardinals rushed him to the big leagues before he was ready. And, uh, and you know, kind of shows him the numbers. And then he goes out and he has the uh, injury. So if Marco Gonzalez had never had the uh, Tommy John surgery, he's probably ranked roughly around where Tyler O'Neill was mm-hmm. in, the, in all the prospect rankings. Um, as it stands now, though, it's we don't know what Tyler Gonzalez can be. We don't know what Tyler or Marco Gonzalez can be. We don't know what Tyler O'Neill can be, you know. So think we like Tyler Neal because he's ours and he's been great in the minors but at the day we don't have any idea how good of a pro, how good a pro Tyler O'Neill is very true but you know that all that being said it just it felt light it really did um you know and maybe we can talk about this later but it how nice would it have been to have Tyler O'Neill when we all thought that maybe maybe the Mariners had an outside shot at getting like Sonny Gray yeah for real I mean, that's a really nice piece and yeah. uh you know, I, I'm I'm bullish a little bit on Gonzalez. I think he's got more upside than people think. But uh, yeah, you know, it just it really it left a bad taste in my mouth, and it was just really questionable. So uh, we'll see how that one works out. But I, I for now, I guess you call it an incomplete. Yeah. Because we don't know, but it, it it was disappointing. I would say. I think um, I think I'd have to agree. I also am pretty high on Marco Gonzalez, and I knew you know I mean like. Most most of us, you know, Mariners fans, really, Marco Gonzalez wasn't even anything on our radar, but I've known about him for a little bit solely on the fact that I have, you know, family in Memphis, and I've been to Redbirds games. You know, the Redbirds, like, my grandpa goes to Redbirds games like it's his job, essentially, and so <laughs> he, like, he, he knew about Gonzalez, and so he'd text me just after the games, and he'd talk to me about just, like, the Redbirds. And so I knew this, you know, who this Gonzalez guy was. And so when when I saw we had traded for him, I was like, oh, I'm okay with that. But then I'm like, okay, wait, what's our return kind of thing? And then I see it's Tyler O'Neill, and it does. It really feels like the Mariners kind of sold low a little bit on on what Tyler O'Neill is. Granted, like you said, it it isn't. Uh, we don't know what Tyler O'Neill is going to be at the big league level, and we don't know what Marco Gonzalez is going to be at the big le- league level. And technically. Gonzalez could be better, or they could be the same, or whatever. And it, Depoto said he feels like they were pretty equal, and he traded from an area of strength to get in an area of need. And like I, I can, I can stomach that, but at the same time, it still does feel like 
the way Tyler O'Neill was, you know, adjusting to triple A pitching, like after he, you know, made the jump from double A AA to triple A and then kind of struggled, but then he started to find his stride and he's just kind of started to tear it up after that. You're kind of like, oh goodness, like, did we really just, you know, trade away one of our top guys for, you know, kind of an unknown, but you know, Marco Gonzalez, he does, he has had really solid moments, um, at triple A. I mean, he's, he has like a, Sub three ERA this year. Um, Will had a sub three ERA with Memphis. I don't know after his first start where his ERA is at right now. His first start with Tacoma, um, but he had a sub three ERA with Memphis. He's posted good numbers, but at the same time, also like you said, um, w- Tyler O'Neill would have been a nice piece if we had been trying to go get Sonny Gray or something like that. And I was thinking that same kind of train of thought the other day. I was like, wow, like we can't. Like now that now that Hanniger is injured, we're not going to probably be dealing him anywhere to try and you know get that. And I don't know if the Mariners would have even had enough to get a Gray or something like that anyway. But had they like had it come down to like uh, Hanniger plus Lewis plus you know smaller pieces or whatever for Sonny Gray, you know Hanniger and uh, Tyler O'Neill seem pretty you know interchangeable there, uh, at least probably in the A's brass eyes. Um, and so it was just kind of one of those where it is just, it feels a little too bad that Tyler O'Neill, the, you know, guy, the Mariners fan base has been high on for, you know, at least a couple of years and, you know, kind of like this future bright spot, future outfielder, you know, kind of thing. Like we're just all hyped on him and we traded him for, you know, just really a big unknown and it's, it's a little hard. Yeah. I, I would agree. It leaves the bad taste in the mouth and it just kind of is like, Oh goodness, what did we just do? So, yeah. Right. It's the, you know, I, I, a lot of this has to do with prospect rankings too. Because uh, if Gonzalez was even like ranked number 100 on some of the major websites, people would probably would have looked at that and said, okay, you know, it's, it's not great, but it's, you know, it's palatable, whatever. But there are a lot of people down on Gonzalez, mainly because uh, they've seen him in the big leagues and he hasn't been fantastic there yet. But, uh, you know, if, they had traded Tyler O'Neill for some 25-year-old who was in the big leagues and had been okay. We all would have been like, okay, you know, that's that's yeah. creative. If they had traded him for Seth Lugo, who we just saw yesterday True. for the Mets, everybody would have been like, you know. I'm okay with that. They would, they would have, at least I understand, you know. Yeah. And, of course, you know, it looks bad. It looks especially bad now that we have the benefit of hindsight. Mitch Hanniger's out. Yeah, and um, Tyler O'Neill could actually be playing. <laughs> right. And uh, maybe they would have given him the call-up. Maybe not. Uh, you know, yeah. Dionis Martin was tearing it up. But it still, it looks kind of, it, it it looks it looks bad right now. And, uh, you know, I think ultimately uh, this, we could look back on this trade in three years and say, okay, the Mariners traded a above-average outfielder for an above-average pitcher. Yeah. And that's fine. And that looks good. And that's fine. Yeah. But that's kind of the best-case scenario because you're – I don't think you're going to look at it as saying, "Hey, we tried. We traded some power hitting outfielder who can't, you know, who's going to hit 200 for an ace." That's that's not going to be the case. Yeah, so no. Uh-huh. It's, you know, it it it's tough to stomach. Uh, I think we'll see Gonzalez soon, um, mainly because Seattle didn't pick anybody up today. But, yeah, uh, I exactly. think we'll see Gonzalez sooner rather than later, and uh, you know, we'll see how he looks and. You know, hopefully Jerry Depoto. I I think Jerry Depoto is smarter than us, but uh, yeah, <laughs> it's it's still a head head scratcher. That's for sure. For sure, for sure. Um, okay, well then we can just move right along to the next deal where Jerry Depoto again tries to go for some more pitching. 
Um, but instead of going for Sonny Gray or even someone like a Irvin Santana or Jaime Garcia, he goes for Erasmo Ramirez. And that name should strike fear into everyone's hearts. And by everyone, I mean Seattle Mariners fans' hearts because, as we all know, Erasmo Ramirez has been something with the Mariners because um, this this is his second stint. Um, Colby, you know, I've I've you know already painted him negatively, and maybe that's just <laughs> bias from from just kind of bitterness, I guess. But uh, what do you think? Do you, do you have any positive thoughts, negative thoughts? You know, what are you what are you feeling? Um, I actually like the trade itself. Um, I. I don't like the end result where Erasmo Ramirez has suddenly been, you know, thrusted into your starting rotation. Uh, I honestly thought that they had acquired him to be a bullpen guy, and uh, he's been quite good in the bullpen this year. He has a low three ERA and a sub one whip out of the bullpen this year. He's a guy who can come in and throw two or three innings. Um, He can get through the lineup once, basically. Yeah. And uh, you know, and I know they were looking for that. They tried Max Posey there. Um, I think that would have been Pagan's spot, Emilio Pagan, but uh, he's really pitching well, and they're starting to use him in higher leverage situations, which is nice to see. So I, when the trade went down, I thought, hey, you know, this is this is the Chris Stavinsky type they've been trying to yep. mine. Yep. And uh, you know, if he can help bridge the gap when your starter can only go four innings or whatever, and he can go five, six, and seven, and get the ball to Phelps yep. or Benson or whatever, yeah. That, that's fine for C Shack, who's you know kind of similar ish, uh, and you know Ramirez has the two years of control after this, yep. and C Shack was going to leave. He's free agent after this year, so I mean on the surface it made sense. Um, you know, I I think the common refrain is it's a nice move, it helps, but this has to be backed up by, you know, the acquisition of a, a real starting pitcher yep. and. Uh, it wasn't so, uh, but at the time it went down, I said, "Hey, you know, it's not the sexiest move, but I mean, at the very least, it's a lateral move. But you get two more years with Erasmo than you do with Cshek. So, yep. Uh, at the time, I liked it, uh, didn't love it, but I thought it was, you know, a, a reasonable smart move. That, yeah, I think that's the best word for it. I think um, I would totally agree uh, on what you're saying. Like Ramirez has put up solid numbers out of the pen, you know, in that kind of weird middle-ish reliever role where, like, he can go a couple innings but not really much more than that before he really starts to get, you know, hammered. Um, And I think it was one of those where I was kind of hoping when we traded for him, when I looked at his stats and stuff like that, um, it was one of those where it was like... uh, It was like, if we could pair him or something like that, pair him with, you know, like, Giovanni Gallardo or one of those kind of guys, and it's like... Um, it's like the first one throws a short start and then Ramirez throws, you know, like a couple innings after that. And then we kind of pair them to get an actual start. You know, that's not the best way of doing, you know, your rotation ever, but it's one of those where like, it's a little bit of an outside the box approach at getting a solid outing from your pitchers who really, you know, some of them are quality, some of them aren't. And, you know, the Mariners just don't have a lot to work with here. And so if you're really trying to, you know, make a push for the postseason or whatever, you kind of got to take whatever you can, you know, to just like, I don't know. I mean, just like, like essentially we're piecing together a team that's trying to contend. And it felt like Ramirez was an okay addition there. 
But then to say that he's going to be your starter on two next, it's a little bit of kind of just like a one of those you know blinking gifs of like, wait, what? What's what's going on here? <laughs> like, you're really going to throw a Rasmo Ramirez back into the starter role where he hasn't thrived this year? Like, like you're taking his strength and you're not using it, and you're going to put him in a spot where he's been pretty not good this year. And so I don't know. I think it was one of those where I get why we traded for him. I don't really have a problem for trading for him, but I think the fact that we're, we're using him as a fifth starter um, seems a little bit, you know, not like the smartest idea. But, you know, whatever. Yeah, it's just, uh, you know, it's just a bigger picture part of the disappointment from today. But, uh, you know, at least I think it makes sense. Uh, I perfectly understand what he was doing. And I understand that, you know, there was probably going to be a point where Erasmo would have to spot start, you know. And yeah. Maybe that's what this is. Yeah. Maybe, you know, maybe Gonzalez is coming up and they really like him and they move Gonzalez up into the rotation and he really pitches well. And then you can bump, uh, you know, you could bump Erasmo to where he's better. Yeah. And maybe that maybe that's what this is, but it's, there's a lot of maybes for a team that's trying to, uh, trying to compete for the playoffs yeah. in that rotation. So, uh, you know, like the deal individually fine yeah the, you know the deal when you look at it in the scope of the entire deadline it, it's underwhelming yeah agree agree okay so then give us give us your take on today's deadline lack of activity i guess it's uh it's frustrating um you know you you sit here and you ask yourself did uh did the mariners do enough and when you look at a team like the yankees who acquire robertson and frazier and uh, Canely, and then you look at, and then today they get Sonny Gray, and you're saying, "Huh, uh, that's a team we have to compete against. Uh, either they're going to win the West, or they're going to be in the wild card hunt. We have to, or the East, or they're going to be in the wild card hunt. We have to try and compete with them." Uh, mm-hmm. You look at a team like, uh, you know, you look at Boston. They all get Nunez, who's a nice piece that the Mariners could have used, and they got Addison Reed. Mm-hmm. You know, in Kansas City, they got Hamill, and they got Kansas City made a few moves. They got Melky Cabrera. These are and Tampa Bay went out and completely redid their bullpen and added Lucas Duda to their offense, who's a power hitting, you know, first base slash DH type. They all got better. <laughs> and I don't think I don't know that the Mariners did. Yep. I think I don't think they got worse. I think True. that's important. I don't think the major league team got any worse. And it probably did get a little bit better because Phelps is a I think he's an upgrade over C Shack. True. Um but did it get you just look at all these teams that are around them and battling for the same spot and they're going out there and they're getting these horses and you're kind of, it's like yep. you're trying to wage war with, you know, a super soaker. Yep. And, True. you know, part of, part of that is the farm system. You can't, you don't really have a lot to move, but you look at some of these trades that went down with like the rental players. It was absolutely a buy, It was a buyer's market for rentals. True. Some of these guys, went for almost not like marginal prospects at best. And I'm sitting there thinking, you know, Seattle's farm system is filled with marginal prospects. True. You, couldn't, you couldn't find a way to outbid somebody for an Addison Reed who could really help the back end of your bullpen, or you couldn't find a way to get Jaime Garcia or Lance Lynn, who are at least, you know, a veteran presence in the rotation. You know, and, you know, I get, I, I understand why you're not going to go get a Sonny Gray. Like, I understand. I think any possibility of that Sonny Gray trade went out the window when Mitch Hanniger got hit yep. in the face. It's true. And uh, I don't think it was going to happen before then, but 
even the slightest 5% possibility. Yep, gone. It's gone because at that point you didn't have Tyler O'Neill anymore. Um, it just, it wasn't going to work. And I understand that and that's fine. I'm not, you know, I was, I wanted Jerry to go out and get a rental and you're not going to be able to afford Darvish. You know, you look at what the Dodgers gave up. The Mariners don't have that player in their farm system. The closest player they have in their farm system to that is probably Kyle Lewis. You're not giving him up for a rental. No. I understand that. Yep. Uh, you know, so you just, it's disappointing. You look at what all the other, the other four teams that are competing for the same spot or for, you know, there's four, te- the, the Yankees and the Red Sox are going to war for the East. Uh, I think one of them will win it. And then you have the loser of that battle, Tampa Bay, Kansas City, and you. Yep. And they all got better. And I, I don't know if you, I don't know if you did. I, that, what do you think? I think that, um, I totally agree. Like, I think there wasn't a lot the Mariners could do for the criteria that Jerry said he wanted. He wanted team-controllable players. He wanted, um, you know, like he basically kind of said he wanted stuff that he could have. Like, he wanted a, a, a team-controllable starting pitcher for cheap, but the problem is you're not going to get a valuable option in that category unless you have quality prospects and the Mariners just don't have a very good farm system. I mean, I mean, that's just, that's just a fact. And, you know, it's just years of bad drafts and hopefully they'll fix that, you know, in the future. But, you know, when DePoto comes in and takes over for pass brass, he kind of just has to deal with that. And so the problem is like, he's not going to get a controllable starting pitcher, but you know, honestly, it's, it's okay if you don't get a controllable starting pitcher because right now you have an okay product of a team that the Mar- like the Mariners do have an okay team like they're they're not great they they could maybe you know if they get a little bit of luck they could maybe make the that wild card game 163 if they get a little more luck they could win game 163 and if they get a lot of luck maybe they could actually do something in the playoffs At, currently they could do that but the problem is currently that's really dependent on breaks and hoping everything goes right and if everything goes 100% right the best thing you're going to get is probably get bounced in the ALDS you know like like it's just against Houston yeah it's just one of those where it's like you're just you're not good enough to really do much and so it's one of those where it's like you might as well you know trade some of your fringe relievers for Lucas Duda go trade some of your you know like little pieces for their good pieces and just play for the playoffs for this year because you have an okay product of a team you might as well just go make the playoffs and break your 16 year drought like I know as shallow as that sounds like you might as well just go do it because your team's like okay and you can actually you know this team this team can win they can they, they've shown they can win, but they need better starting pitching. They need a little help in the bullpen. And, you know, some of our guys like Nelson Cruz are just beat up and they'll need a break every once in a while. So it wouldn't have been the end of the world for the Mariners to go and acquire a Jaime Garcia, a Lucas Duda, and, you know, a bullpen arm. But, yeah. Well, right. Yeah. I, I, don't, I, don't think, uh, I don't think it's shallow to say that they should go out and try to make the playoffs. I think there's value to getting to the playoffs even if – you don't win a playoff game. You get there, you show everybody that you're here, you're for real, yep. and you take that momentum into the off season. Yeah. Where and I'm sure we'll talk about this on a future podcast, but right now the Mariners are projecting to have about twenty five to thirty million dollars to play with over the off season. You know Jerry Depoto is going to be creative with trades there. And you know, it just it felt like 
it felt like they just sat in the middle of the road. Yeah. And, you know, if I honestly, that anything that they would have done today, I probably would have been able to rationalize it. They went out today and they shocked everybody and they traded Nelson Cruz. Yeah. I would have been like, hey, you know what? It's teardown mode in the offseason. They're going to trade Seager. They're going to, you know, probably shop Paxton. I understand that. That's fine. If they had, you know, went out and gotten, you know, Sonny Gray or one of those, you're awesome. Yeah. They're going for it. Let's do this. Let's get behind the team and let's go. And even if they had said, you know what? This year's probably not looking good. We just couldn't compete with these other teams who made deals. So let's go ahead and let's shop Danny Valencia for yeah. a team who wants a right-handed bat. Let's shop Gerard, Gerard Dyson. Dyson. Yep, those guys, guys who aren't going to be here next year, more than likely. But for the Mariners, let's go shop those guys. For yeah, the Mariners, let's, let's see. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, just for the Mariners to just sit there and say, mm-hmm. "Oh, hey, you know, we're going to be content with the team." Like, I, I appreciate the vote of confidence on Jerry Depoto's part of saying, "I think we have a sustainable product." You know, like, like that, that bodes well for morale. Like, you know, hey, that's good. Like, it's a moral victory. But the problem is moral victories don't actually mean anything in the grand scheme of things. And it's one of those where it's like, we're going to be a sustainable product of, you know, 500 or a little bit above. And, you know, the, the best this current team is, like, really the best they are, is maybe going to make the wild card. But the problem is, like you were saying, when Kansas City got better... And they're already good. And then when they get better, then when Boston gets better, when New York gets a lot better, when you know Tampa Bay gets better, like we've just sat sat around, and the four teams that we're really competing with at the moment are just uh, you know really actually making moves, and we're not. It's kind of like, well, if we're going to surrender 2017, we didn't get all that much better for 2018 and the problem is we, we do we lose the Danny Valencia and we will likely lose you know the Gerard Dyson like we'll likely lose some contributors from 2017 to 2018 and so to not really capitalize on this right now um just felt a bit yeah frustrating I think it was the word I would use too Goodness. You, it's, you, they didn't need to go out and get Sunray. Right? I, I wanted them to yeah and you know maybe I'll, I'll talk about that whole disaster on Mariners Twitter in a minute here yeah I, I wanted them to get Sonny Gray, but I also knew it wasn't realistic. True. Why not go out and get a veteran catcher like Kurt Suzuki, who can actually contribute something, unlike Carlos Ruiz? You know, why not go out and make these marginally? Why not go out and get a utility guy? Yeah. Who's going to be better than Danny Espinosa, Sean O'Malley, or uh, yeah. Taylor Motter? Yeah. You know, why not yeah. go out and why not go out and get Jaime Garcia, who got and- traded twice? And Go out there and say, hey, you know what? It's not much, but it is a veteran number five guy, and we're getting better around the fringes, and we're going to hope that Nelson Cruz, Robinson Cano, and Kyle Seager all get on a tear. Well, and, and, and Kyle Seager, he's on a tear right now. Since the All-Star break, yeah. he's hitting three thirty three with an uh, OPS of ten seventy eight, And, like, you know, Cruz, he slumps sometimes, but he busts out in big ways. And, you know, the if if the Mariners had just shorn down the edges a little bit, it's one of those where it's like, you know, it's not unrealistic to think that this team could win game 163 and then make a playoff series and say, hey, look, free agents, you know, or whoever you are that we're going to try and sign, who we're going to try and trade for, you know, like come play in Seattle because here in Seattle, like, we haven't been good for a while, but we're actually starting to kind of put the pieces together. We have Gene Segura. We have a young Ben Gamble. We have, you know, a couple of Mitch those. Hanniger. Yeah, we have Mitch Hanniger. We have James Paxton. We have guys that really roll. Kyle like, Seager. I, yeah, I'm trying to th- I was trying to think today. Robinson just like, Cano carries a lot of weight. Yeah, you know? the, just the name alone. But just when you look at it and you're like, oh, 
you know, even if we, you know, in a couple of years when we don't have Nelson Cruz, who's, you know, the big, you know, slugger kind of guy, even, even if when, when, you know, I mean, obviously we've got Cano around for a while, but even when Cruz and Cano are gone, like, like your young team still boasts, you know, Gene Segura, it boasts, um, you know, guys like Ben Gamble, Mitch Hanniger, James Paxton, like, like if they can kind of keep re-signing those kind of core guys, like, like that's, that's a solid group of guys right there. And it's not, you know, unrealistic to think that saying, Hey, look, we got a guy who, you know, played for Cy Young, you know, this year, like, like he's, he's in the running for a Cy Young award. We've got that kind of guy as our ace. We've got, you know, other pieces. We're working on it. Come play, come be a part of Seattle. Come, you know, we made the playoffs this year, but let's kind of build some momentum into future years. But when you just continuously go, you know, like, 88 and 84 or whatever like you're just you're not really doing anything to help anything you're just saying all right we're just going to be content to win a little bit above you know what we did last time and we're just gonna kind of casually play for next year and then that next year never comes and you're just kind of like left well okay hopefully you're you're trying to sit in the middle and that's not the you either need to suck hard yeah. for four or five years, yeah. or you need to say, you know what, let's go throw money at this. And I'm not calling the Mariners cheap by any means. Yeah. Look at the money they've invested recently. Yeah. They're not a cheap organization. But, hey, let's go do this. Let's go trade. We're willing to trade Kyle Lewis because we understand that Nelson Cruz, Robinson Cano, and Kyle, and uh, Felix Hernandez are all coming yep. out of their prime. Yep. And Kyle Seeger's just about to enter the very tip-top of his prime. Yep. We have Gene Segura. We have Ben Gamble. We're willing to go out there and we're willing to trade everything we have for the right piece right now. And go find it. It's not, it's not from a lack of trying. We know Jerry DePoto is always on the phones. Yep. And, you know, quick side note, there's still, you know, yeah. you look at, we you can still August. trade in August. Yeah, there, you know, Irvin Santana is going to clear waivers. You know, Justin Verlander is certainly going to clear waivers. Uh, you know, maybe Jeff Samarja could probably clear waivers. I bet, you know, Johnny Cueto can clear waivers. And DePoto's made trades in August in the past. That's where we got Ben Gamble, August 31st. I am so thankful so, he cleared waivers. <laughs> right? Yeah. I, that's, maybe we can have a whole podcast dedicated to how weird Ben Gamble's success story yes, is. Yes, for real. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's great to see. And, you know, it's that's why it's disappointing when I read on Twitter – and I look at, you know, when the first news of Sonny Gray kind of broke, hey, you know, the Mariners might be in play here. And people just, there was just, it was, yeah. I think we ran a poll and it almost ran 50-50. It did, like, it was 52% yes, 48% no. First should the Mariners yeah. pursue. And A, you should always pursue. Yeah. If, if it's just pursue, it should be 100% yes. Why not? Yeah. What do you have to lose? And, you know, and but I just saw a lot of people like, well, not if we have to give up Kyle Lewis. And I'm, are you insane? Can do. Like, Kyle Lewis is achieving zero for the big league club right now, and probably won't actually achieve anything for the big league club for a few years now. And so you might as well swap him for a elite starting pitcher. I mean, you, you can say, oh, well, he's had a middling 2017. Well, he came back from injury at the beginning, but the trend of, like, his career, plus how the last, you know, 12 starts have gone for him, like... Mm-hmm. He's a stud pitcher, and you're going to have him for a, the, a run in 2017 plus two more years. I talked to a guy today who was saying that he didn't like – he's a Yankees fan, and he was saying that he didn't like the Yankees trade for Sonny Gray. And I'm like, dude, you're getting a stud pitcher 
for the end of 2017, and especially for the Yankees, who are really contenders, and even the Mariners, who would have been contenders, like, you're you're swapping for a solid pitcher, and if you have the firepower to get him, then that's that's a great trade. Because, to especially for the Mariners situation, the to, to have him for the two more years, like, pair him and James Paxton, like, that's a one-two punch about as good as anybody. And so it's like, you might as well, might as well give up Kyle Lewis. I I would have been super bummed to see Mitch Haniger go, but I would have understood that, you know, the Mariners really need starting pitching, and Sonny Gray is a stud, and I would love to see Sonny Gray and James Paxton pitch back-to-back. So, yeah. Right, and Kyle Lewis... In 2017, <laughs> what's his war going to be for the Seattle Mariners? Zero. Zero. What's it going to be in 2018? Probably zero. Zero. 2019, it might be zero. Still zero. Yeah, so what? what is Sonny Gray worth to you in 2017? Probably two or three wins. What is you know what is he worth in 2018? Probably two or three wins. Yeah, maybe. You know, you know, trading Mitch Hanniger... Was tough, but if, if you if you told me Kyle Lewis, Mitch Haniger gone, you know, and then we have an outfield, we have Dyson, Heredia, Gamble, and Martin. Yeah, that's still an elite defensive outfield. Yeah, with speed. You know, Haniger has not been really. He he's, he's hurt you at the plate slumping. the last few yep. months. Yeah, and then I say, okay, now I have Sonny Gray to pair with Felix Hernandez and James Paxton, and if I don't make the playoffs, guess what I get to go do to you Darvish, who's a free agent after this year, to Jake Arrieta. Yeah. I get to go say, hey, we have Paxton, we have Gray, we have Felix, let's get you, and we're going to take a serious run at this. Yeah, we're going to have that one through four, four legit starters. Like That one through four is as good as anybody except maybe Washington. And even so, you know? still up there. I mean, that's... that's yeah, that's, it's a top five rotation. You'd have a, you'd have a one, two, three of gray paxton and whoever that free agent would be and then you've got a felix hernandez who just still i mean his name's felix hernandez and he carries a bunch of weight in seattle and it's just kind of like one of those where you know so what if he's a different felix hernandez so what if he's not the felix hernandez he's been for the rest of his career like it's still felix hernandez james paxton sunny gray and another guy like the mariners should have you know just gone out there and said look we're going to go all in for these next couple of years when it really matters. And, you know, some of those free agents, like, you don't have to sign with us for, you know, the kind of duration of a contract that we gave to, you know, Seeger, the kind of duration we gave to Cano kind of stuff. Like, you don't you don't have to sign with us for the rest of your life, but, you know, sign with us for a couple of years. Let's let's roll this thing. Let's see what happens, and uh, let's make make some moves, you know? And the Mariners instead were just like, Hey guys, let's go win 88 games again, and let's you know come back here do it all again next year. You know, like let's do this. So, and it, it just yeah, kind of is one of those where you're just kind of stuck a little bit because you know, as tough as it is that they don't really have much of a farm, like might as well do something. But yeah, the farm. I'll just final point on this for me. Uh, for now, <laughs> I could I could go a whole hour Same. on this. Is that the farm system is here? The whole point of a farm system. There's one point in the farm system to make your to acquire major league talent. Whether that means you develop it or trade for, or you use it and you trade it. That's it. Nobody cares what the Tacoma Rainiers record is. I don't care what the Modesto Nuts finish. Are there players developing down there that are going to help my big league club? Yes or no? Yeah. If the answer is no, you trade them for people who can. If the answer is yes. 
See what happens. Exactly. Maybe roll the dice and keep them. Maybe trade them. I don't know. But I don't care what the Tacoma Rainiers record is. Sorry, I don't. I only care about the Seattle Mariners, and that's the point of the farm system. Exactly. Exactly. It is too bad. Um, it just really, yeah, it's one of those where it's like a lot of Mariners fans kind of feel like, oh, we, we, we don't want to just mortgage your But it's one of those where it's like you're not mortgaging your future uh, when you trade Kyle Lewis and Kanger for Sonny Gray. Like, that's that's not what that is. You're, you're saying, okay, we're, we're going to sacrifice, you know, two, you know, solid players, but we're also going to be acquiring um, Sonny Gray for two years, well, two and a half years, and it's, you know, we're making a statement here. And <clears throat> I think it's just one of those where it's like, you know, it is like you were saying, you know, your farm system is to make your team better, your big league club better, and the Mariners are like, hey, let's have a good farm system. And consistently... It feels like I know last year um, we had the best minor league record in in the majors. I like, like well, majors is stupid. The, we out of the thirty big like major league teams, uh, our farm system had the best cumulative record, and that right. that means jack. And and that's I think the part that you know is really frustrating is like you know like we had a good farm system, like we won a lot of games. Cool. We like those championships do not correlate to you know, major league championships. And, like, I'm glad we've got good prospects down there. But the problem is, like, if you're not going to do anything with those prospects, because our big league team, you know, we added one rookie. Like, we have one rookie starting for us this year, really. I mean, like, essentially, and that's Mitch Haniger, And we went and traded for him. And so we didn't really do much with our farm system to make our big league club better this year. And traded for Ben Campbell too. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, and, and I'm overlooking Gamble there. Sorry, my bad. But it was one of those where I'm like, when you're looking at an in-house guys for this year, uh, from last year to this year, you didn't do a whole lot uh, to make this this team better. And it's one of those where it's kind of like, oh goodness, what are what are we doing here? Like, why why not just you know use some of our prospects, use what we have, make our team better? But goodness, it's. Hopefully, Depoto knows what he's doing in this regard, and he's got a much bigger plan than we can see at the moment. But at the moment, it feels a little bit like a punch in the gut. That's like this team, you know, isn't going to be great for very long. You know, they don't they don't have like the the sustainable product this team is producing right now is you know eighty eight wins, you know, at best, and it kind of just feels like you know. If they had, you know, made a couple of moves, they could have been, you know, an actual playoff team this year. But they're not there, and they're probably not going to be there next year. I mean, unless they can make some great moves in the offseason and really figure that out. Depoto just kind of, it felt like he kind of botched this one a little bit. Yep, agreed. Yeah, who knows, who knows. Anyway, you got anything Got anything else um, on this, for this podcast um, before we close her out? Uh no, you know, uh, Mariners have a tough road trip coming up. Yeah, uh, sure. And they probably have to go. F- yeah. Probably have to have a winning road trip. I think. For sure. It's, how how what do they got? Yeah, how many games do they have? Because right, they got three against Texas. They got four against Kansas City. Do they go home after Kansas City, or is it more on the road? Uh, I think they're I think they're home for the only time in August after okay. that. So yeah, you've got to you have to have a winning record against. Kansas City and Texas, especially Kansas City, because they're the team you're chasing. Hopefully, the 
fun fact, you know, for the viewers, or not the viewers, the listeners who are going to hear this, you know, in the future, the Mariners are currently losing 4-0, to so that's not going to, you know, mean anything to you when you hear this, but it's one of those where if they lose this game, they've got to win the next two against Texas, and thankfully we don't have to face U Darvish, you know, that was the one good thing to come out of this trade deadline, is that we don't play, play against U Darvish tomorrow. Granted, we kind of did well against him this year, but you know, it's it's always nice to not have to face you, Darvish. But uh, if we don't win the next two games, and then don't, at, I mean, I figure you got to go at least two and one against Texas, and at the bare minimum, split with Kansas City, um, and then you finish the road trip a solid four and three. But you're one game above five hundred. You split with the Royals, handing them two losses, and you don't fall any further back of them in the wild card race, but if they can't do that, it's. I feel like it's got to be time to yeah. mail her in. But at, at the end of the day, the Mariners, if they want to make the playoffs, they need to go somewhere in the next two months. They need to find an eight-game win streak. That just come, you know, True. because that's the only. They're not going to do it at this point by just you know <laughs> winning three out of four series. Yeah, it's, just, it's not going to get it done. Yeah, like hey, we'll. We'll go one game above 500. We'll go, you know, we'll go a couple games back under, but then we'll crawl our way back to a couple over, and then, you know, we'll just we'll just keep rolling that way. You know, the Mariners have done it all year. At this moment, they're 53 and 53 with a run differential of plus one. And if that isn't the story of the 2017 Mariners, I don't know what. Is. So uh, it's just one of those where it's like, you know, they, they, you're really right. They gotta they gotta find a groove, and they have to they have to really just, you know start start rolling and putting some some actual wins together um, if they're going to really make a shot at something in 2017. And hopefully DePoto will go grab somebody in August. Hopefully he'll better this team. Hopefully Marco Gonzalez comes up and pitches like a stud and the Mariners find some kind of something. But it's a little hard to just whimsically hope for the best in this situation. Yeah, hope is not a solution. Exactly. Uh, exactly. <laughs> Sorry to be it's, pessimistic, no, it's totally, but baseball hope is not a totally solution. Totally true. The Mariners need to find some kind of solid anything to just grab onto and start, you know, using that and leverage it into some wins. But for the moment, to just kind of play around, you know, here they're kind of just stuck. So good times in the life of the Seattle Mariners. So fun, fun. Anyway, all right. Well, then closing thoughts. I think we've wrapped it up. So. I guess that concludes the 13th episode of the Soto Mojo Podcast for 2017.